everyone. This is Joanne LaRock, uh, Joanne Baudray LaRock, and this podcast, I'm dating it August 29th, 2023, uh, is all about road trips and why people should do a road trip or go on vacation and uh, why it it's a, a great idea to just get away from wherever you might be. Uh, you're hearing us drive in our car. Say hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. <laughs> He's the driver right now. Uh, we usually take turns, and uh, sometimes to pass the long hours, uh, if we're going on a really long trip, we blare our radio really loud <laughs> and sing along. Or we're old folks, so we bring sometimes our favorite CDs and pop them in our CD player. <laughs> this car still has a CD player. <laughs> And uh, then we switch on our radio station from uh, CBC, which is Canadian newsworthy type content, to uh, different radio stations from rock uh, to blues to country to easy listening. Uh, The funnest time that we had, funnest, sorry for my English there, the best time we had for listening to the radio was when we decided to do a was it a 16 hour or 18 hour road trip to Nashville 16 hour road trip from greater Sudbury Ontario uh, to Nashville and then as we were coming into that fabulous amazing city we uh, I tried to find different radio stations and as soon as they said Nashville Tennessee I was so excited we were both so excited but anyway, I'm going to start off with uh, my growing up years with my parents. My father, uh, there's a couple of, I have four podcasts of an interview I did with my father, Richard Baudray, uh, talking about, where he talked about uh, living in the orphanage in North Bay, Ontario, and then in various foster homes and so on and so forth. And he uh got in trouble for running away a lot of the time from the orphanage and he'd take off be by himself and would reflect on what it would be like to have a family or grandparents and he did have he did have parents but uh, all him and his two other siblings were taken away by CAS Children's Aid Society and placed in the North Bay Orphanage but the reason why I bring up my dad is because while he was living in, in the orphanage and then in various foster homes, he always wanted to explore and he very curious. And a lot of times they say people with uh, uh, curiosity aspect to their, their personality or their character shows a higher level of intelligence and he was always so curious I always said my dad was like a walking book of knowledge and he literally he I used I hate to use the word literally but he read the whole Canadian encyclopedia book a collection that we had and every year we would get a new book and he'd read it from front cover to back cover and uh But the biggest thing for my dad was that when he was a young boy living in the orphanage and foster homes is that he wanted to travel. And so growing up, 
with my dad. Sorry, we're in northern Ontario, so the roads aren't the best. The highways aren't the best. So growing up with my dad, he made sure that every time it was vacation time, we traveled. And he brought us to places where we learned so much more than what we read out of the books from uh, going to school, from attending school. It's. I just want to bring up one really odd thing. When my dad passed in 2008, my uncle Ernie, he was my father's brother, his name was Roger Beaudray, and then he was adopted and became Ernie Stone and lived in Calendar. One of the things he told me after my father died is that my uncle Ernie was shaving in, in his bathroom and then he saw my dad behind him. And he said, Richard, you're not supposed to be here. You're dead. And my dad said, yeah, but I've got a lake to show you. Uh, it's full of fish, Ernie. And Ernie said, what are you talking about? And he said, no, I want to bring you to this lake. And my dad was talking about Bass Lake, which is up, up on a high hill uh, in the Matabichuan area, which is near Haleberry. And apparently there is a lot of fish in that lake. So he was talking about that lake and he really wanted to bring his brother there to show him. Shortly after that episode, my uncle Ernie did pass away as well. So I'm sure both brothers are fishing together. But another thing that my uncle Ernie told me about my dad was that he said, I'm able to travel wherever I want now. I have the ability to travel to all the places I wanted to go to. So for him, he didn't want to die, my dad, but he, when he did pass away, he was telling his brother that while he couldn't travel much when he with his, in, you know, living in the orphanage, he was able to travel now as a spirit. And so that's kind of something to look forward to, maybe someday when we pass away, that in death, uh, we might be able to do things we're not able to do while living on this earth. So, but that was one of the, the striking things that really resonated with me because I know my dad talked to me about his wish to travel. So getting back to being young, uh, growing up, we lived in Matabichuan, which is a small Ontario hydro community near Haleberry. And then we moved to Hunta, which is near Cochrane. And then we moved further north to Abitibi Canyon. Uh, which is 100 uh, miles south of Moosonee, and it's about 45 miles north of Smooth Rock Falls, and in and also north of Cochrane, north of Kapiskasing. But no matter where we lived, it never stopped my dad from traveling. <laughs> and when I went to St. Kitts uh, Hospital in Toronto, that was 900 miles from Abitibi Canyon. And my dad brought me, and uh, him and I traveled to Toronto. I was at Sick Kids for a month, and then five months back then it was called the Ontario Crippled Children's Centre. This was for uh, the scoliosis surgery that I had in 1972. But my dad never, never complained about driving. <laughs> he just liked to drive, and uh, he liked to see what was there. And he'd say, look, Sue, meaning my mother, look at that 
you know, and then he'd reflect on something. And he was, he had an eagle eye because when he was driving, uh, he'd spot something, a moose, a deer, a bear, uh, an eagle flying in the air. And it's, it's kind of funny again, because years, uh, a couple of years after my dad died, I was modeling in a fashion show at the Garson Arena. And I was coming out uh, to the audience and I was meeting my husband and our daughter Chanel. And there was this medium on stage by the name of Mark Jade and he's from the Ottawa area. And he called out, is there someone here? Uh, She's the daughter of Richard, someone by the name of Richard. And Chanel would say, mom, he's talking about grandpa, you know. And I'll get into that in another podcast. But he had said, a lot of amazing things that only my dad and I knew about and my husband and our daughter, things that we knew about my dad. And But one of the things that my dad said through, through Mark Jade, that medium, to me in front of hundreds of people at the Garson Arena was that he knows when you're driving, meaning me, our white car, that if I spot an animal, I say, oh, Grandpa would have noticed that or my dad would have noticed that so again while dad my dad while he's in you know in spirit he knows that we're talking about him he knows that I bring up his name when I'm driving either even by myself he knows that I remember him and I make sure his memory never fades as a as a person when he drove that he enjoyed spotting things in the woods that we never saw until almost while we drive drove past it but getting back to my younger years uh, we had a blue station wagon six kids no seat belts uh, Robert and Patrick were just babies they would kind of be held in my mother's arms in the front seat uh my dad smoked a pipe my mother I I don't know if she still was smoking cigarettes back back then but she did smoke cigarettes I used to get car sick all the time and I, I really back then no one really thought of it as tobacco smoke or if that was why I would ask them to stop the car so I could run out and get sick on the side of the the highway but the rest of us, uh, six kids, uh, a lot of times my dad would drive, let's say, from Abitibi Canyon to North Bay, where my grandparents lived. Before that, they were living in Goward, north of Tomogamy, but then they moved to North Bay. We would have uh, sleeping bags in the back seat, pillows, and sometimes my dad would finish his uh, his evening shift. He worked three shifts with Ontario Hydro, day shift, afternoon, and midnights. And if he finished at at midnight, come home, every, we'd be sleepily put it in the back of the station wagon. It was easier for him to drive when all six of us were sleeping in our sleeping bags in the back of the station wagon. So those days I vaguely remember. Uh, I do remember when I was sitting up in the back seat, I would be singing to myself quietly or reading my Nancy Drew books. Uh, and I do remember my brothers fighting in the back seat while my dad was driving. And 
it would one would pinch the other the other would say stop pinching me and then let's say brother number two would pinch brother number one and then brother number two would like claim innocence it wasn't him so then brother number one would think it's brother number three and then the fist fights would start so I'm trying to mind my own business singing away to myself looking at the endless kind of boring landscape of trees after trees after trees and my brothers would be half killing themselves in the backyard fighting and my dad would threaten them uh, my mom would say stop it boys my dad would say if, if I have to stop this car that's it I'm going to take my shoe off there and give you guys a spanking and whatever anyway sometimes that worked sometimes that didn't but most of the time it was uh, a long trip and my mother always we didn't think stopping at restaurants not with six kids so she always made a pile of sandwiches uh, homemade peanut butter cookies apples sometimes oranges uh, and then she had a whole bunch of veggies and sliced the, the smallest thinnest slices of carrots and celery so I grew up with our veggies were celery and carrots most of the time and sandwiches made out of peanut butter and jam or sometimes she would mix uh, ham with relish or she'd make egg salad sandwiches or bologna with mustard and that was our lunch and our supper if we made if we went on a long road trip off to see some relatives because we lived the furthest north and we always had to head south but you know those that's the way it was but the the worst thing for me on the on the trips was seeing my brothers fight and then or me getting sick and i i don't get sick anymore when we travel but i do avoid reading when i travel and uh yeah, I just don't get sick anymore, thank goodness. So I don't know if it was the the tobacco smoke or the cigarette smoke or just back then I had more of a queasier stomach. I don't know. But and it was, um, that was just the way it was. So the reason why I'm talking about road trips is because I made sure as a mother, um, even as a single mother, I, I tried to make sure I brought my son with me when we went to see my uh, grandmother. My grandfather had passed, but we went to see my grandmother in North Bay. And then when Mike and I got married, we went on a lot of road trips with our with all of our kids. But what, why I felt that was important was because I remembered with my dad, he would bring us to places that. I didn't even read about different forts and different cities, um, Windsor uh, and uh, Kingston, and we went all the way out to PEI, Prince Edward Island, Nova Scotia, uh, New Brunswick. We drove on the Magnetic Hill. We saw Peggy's Cove. Uh, we went to the Detroit Zoo one time, and my dad wasn't one to really use maps. They, my mother would have a map in the car, but a lot of times he'd say, Sue, which way do I go? And then she'd be like studying the map and say which way. And sometimes he got lost, but he, we would never know it. He would just trust his intuition, never get upset. 
he would just drive and drive and then figure it out and use his intuition so yeah i mean they had a map to go to these all these amazing places they brought us to toronto uh, and so on but it he just kind of just had this sixth sense about him of knowing where to go and if he felt he was lost he just kept driving and then figured it out eventually but as kids we never really really knew he was lost let's say or didn't really know how to get there but he would just keep driving and they say sue what street like can you find that street and then he'd kind of base it from there so my mother was kind of the the navigator with the maps and they had big maps back then so uh but what i really realized even when we were in detroit that was the first time we've ever been to an american city when i was young and i couldn't get over the bars on the windows the bars on the on the doors uh we living in a northern community we saw indigenous people but we never really saw people of different color and uh so that was kind of a a different thing for us which I thought was fascinating because traveling meant seeing different peoples and learning different cultures and trying different foods and seeing and learning history which is so important some people say well that's history but no history is important because you learn from history you learn hopefully not to make the same mistakes that was done in the history of our society and of our civilization. So that's one of the things I learned as a young girl. And then going to forts, the wars that we had right in Canada, defending ourselves against uh, the Americans uh, or the British and learning so much more than what I read from the school books I had in Fraserdale and uh, Fraserdale, which is also called Abitibi Canyon or the school books from Cochrane, or I went to a one-room schoolhouse in Goward when I lived with my grandparents for about a year because there wasn't a school uh, where my parents lived in Matabichuan. So uh, we just learned the very basic, and, and a lot of times we didn't learn all of the Canadian history, which we should have learned. But you learn that when you travel to different places so one of the things in mind was Oromodonte. When I went to Oromodonte, which is just north of Barrie, that's, there's a still a little small church there where former runaway slaves from the States came to Canada. There was slavery in Canada for a while too, but a lot of the time, uh, slave, former slaves that traveled through the underground a railway system would come to Canada and they were given free land in Oromodonte, which wasn't the best farmland, but they did build a church. So when you go to Oromodonte, you see this church and you see the pictures. And so that, again, we weren't taught about that. We weren't taught about residential schools where Indigenous peoples, uh, First Nations peoples were forced to go to, or the 60 scoop uh and all of that so when you travel to museums and you travel to different cities and towns and you explore these different museums you really learn a lot so I that's why I feel road trips are important and vacations are important for your family vacations can mean fun in the sun and or 
we took our kids to Blue Mountain in Collingwood and we skied for the whole time and then uh, enjoyed the pool, indoor pool, etc. But vacations can also mean learning, which I feel is an ongoing thing that you should do to to grow as a as a human being and to understand. So when Mike and I became uh, got married, he too liked to travel with us, and so we took our kids to one of we took them every, almost every year somewhere. Yeah, we we yeah we flew to um, three of our kids. Uh, the other ones were older. We flew uh, to Walt Disney World. I put the whole trip on my Sears credit card. <laughs> I paid it off with my income tax refund, which a lot of people do. Some people pick blueberries and they use the blueberry money that they make for the summer and pay pay for their winter trip every year. But uh, thank goodness uh, we had a decent amount of income tax refunds. So, but we we took our we followed the philosophy that I that I grew up with is is traveling is important vacations road trips air flight trips and uh, yeah we took our kids to Walt Disney World and stayed in a hotel in Orlando and uh, spent almost every day at Walt Disney World which was really cool the only thing that was disappointing was our twin girls were only three I think at the time and it's a small world was under renovation so we couldn't take them to see that so i hope someday when our girls go to uh walt disney world with their kids that it's a small world will be open for them because uh we didn't know that it was going to be under renovations of course we wouldn't know sometimes unless you call so but anyway uh it was still a fabulous trip and it was worth every penny another trip we took our kids to was uh Montreal. Brent, uh, his wife, uh, Jessica and Chanel. Jazz festival in Montreal. Yeah, and we took them to the jazz festival in, Mon- yeah, in old Montreal. And the cool thing about Montreal is that's where my ancestors, when they came from France, and uh, your ancestors came from France as well. Uh, so for me, it would be the Baudre, the Millet, the Tapui. You would be the Laroc, Obey. I have some ancestors, uh, the Schultzes from the from Germany. Uh, my great 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 grandfather didn't want to fight in the war, so he immigrated over to Canada, and they also probably ended up. They probably landed in Montreal as well, and they settled in Arnprior. Uh, but the rest of my family, they. When they came to Canada from France, and Mike's family, the Rocks, the Obeys, they all went to, went on ships and crossed the Atlantic Ocean and landed in Montreal. My the Baudre family came here in 1666, and uh, the worked in one worked as a in the hospital, I think as a janitor, or custodian or something like that. And your ancestors, when they came to Canada, what did they do, Mike? Well, the, uh, on the Laroc side and the Obe side, they were both um, with Louis XIV's regiment. Uh, um, I forget the name of it there. Uh, anyways, they were with the uh, French uh, uh, 
It was called the Regiment of Carignan. Carignan Regiment. And uh, after uh, a few years uh, fighting the Iroquois to protect the, uh, the French colony, um, they were called back um, uh, to France, but they had the option if they went back back with Louis XIV's regiment or, or they could stay in Canada and uh, they were given uh, uh, I think it was five acres of land to stay in Montreal so uh, they both uh, lived on Montreal Island uh, for a few years until they start uh, anyways my Laroque uh, ancestor moved to uh, a little town called Contracaire, which is uh, not, too, not too, too far from Montreal. And he stayed there, lived there as a farmer until he died. And he, he, apparently he died of the, the old age of 56 years old. Most people didn't live that long in the 1600s, the 1700s. Uh, my grandparents uh, on the Baudre side uh, ended up becoming farmers and they left Montreal and they went on on the train. It's the first time they ever seen a banana <clears throat> was on the train from Montreal to Ontario and then they settled up in Verner, which is between North Bay and Sudbury, Ontario. And the Millettes that immigrated from France were lived on the the shorelines, uh, and they were fishermen. So when the Millettes came to Canada, uh, they ended up in Calendar, which is near North Bay, and they earned their living as uh, fishermen and tour guides for the Americans that would come up to, to go fishing and. So my Millet relatives uh, would be the tour guides on the boats to bring them to the fishing areas. Uh, the Tapuis that ended up in Corbeil, which is uh, on my, my grandmother's side, uh, were carpenters more. Uh, and my great-grandfather, he built uh, furniture out of wood of course and coffins and they had a small little farm in Corbeil. I'm not too familiar with the Schultzes on my grand my dad's mother's side what they did but oh they worked they ended up in Cache Bay uh, and worked for the sawmill I believe that was there so that's what what they did so a lot of labor type jobs but we've traveled, getting back to our road trips, as we traveled to all of these places. We also traveled to Paris, France, and we wanted to explore where our ancestors came from. I haven't been to Germany, but we really wanted to go to, to Paris and our original home country of France. So I'm a big saver so I had saved enough air miles and it covered our whole trip 10 days in Paris uh, and we went everywhere all over we went to the Versailles Palace de Versailles Le Louvre we went to every 
almost as every museum that you could go to, the Basilica. Uh, there were some places we didn't make it to, but we just ran out of time. We loved being in Paris. We love being in France. I don't speak French fluently. I speak a little bit broken French. My husband is fluently bilingual. So thank goodness that he was able to speak French and, and we did fine on the train, on the subway, all over the place. One thing I loved about being in Paris was that no matter where you are, if you sit down and have a, a coffee, a cafe, at a cafe, someone might sit down at the same table as you and start chatting and talking about whatever, politics, religion, life in general. And there is no awkwardness. People like to talk to each other face to face. And we love that about Paris. We love that, you know, in the morning we'd see people go on their bicycles with their baguettes in the pack of their pack sacks. Many of them still smoke cigarettes and, and off the, to work they'd go. And at nighttime you'd see them stop and get their bottle of wine and more bread. And, and they'd have a quick uh, beer, let's say, or coffee with whomever and then go home to their families. So Paris is... It was just, it's a beautiful place, beautiful city to see. We, we enjoyed seeing the Eiffel Tower. I'm a photographer, so of course I took over a thousand photos a day. <laughs> and, uh, and the Versailles uh, Palace, we learned all about. Uh, that was an amazing road trip because I didn't really learn about a lot of the French history. And uh, so we learned about uh, the... Uh, Louis XIV and his wife, uh, oh, what was her name? My God, I can't remember her name. They were both executed. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and uh, anyways, maybe it's meant to be. Uh, but it was just uh, something that we just marveled at. And uh, if you go on my Facebook, Joanne Laroque or Joanne Baudry Laroque, you'll see, if you check out all my albums, you'll see... Uh, pictures from our trip to France getting back to the road trips again I keep going back and forth but with our kids that we felt it was important to bring them to Montreal to say this is where our ancestors landed when they came to this country Canada and we brought them to where brother Andre his heart is still in encased in and and uh, held in this kind of glass chamber because it was known for him to there was miracles that happened in fact inside one of the small churches one of my great aunts Aunt Flo Flo, Florange uh, Baudray Inamoto she had written about that her grandmother was healed from I'm not sure if she had polio or some sort of disability, but she used to walk with crutches and her crutches are on the sides of the wall of this little church because they would pray for miracles and she ended up leaving her crutches there because she was healed miraculously. So that's at the church where Brother Andre's heart is at. And uh, since we're driving on, on the road, I don't have all my notes in front of me to, to name all these places, but 
if you go to Montreal, that'll be one of the touristy destinations. The other fun thing that we did in Montreal was go on a ghost tour, which was really amazing because with ghost tours, they use history. They use the stories, true stories from the past to integrate into their ghost tours. And the ghost tours start at dusk in a lot of cities from Montreal to Quebec City to Kingston to Toronto and so on where you sign up and there's usually 20 30 people families included with little kids and you start going on this tour with this group and the the cool thing about the Montreal ghost tour was that they had people pretending to be regular folk but they were actors and so at different areas, when we would go to different areas, let's say the harbor front in Montreal, you're on the St. Lawrence Seaway. All of a sudden, one of the people in your tour group would start acting as if they were the person that the tour guide is talking about. So they talked about there weren't enough women for men to marry in New Canada in the 1600s. So they would bring over enough there weren't enough women in this area in in old Montreal for men who were the first settlers uh, on native land uh, for the for them to marry so they would sometime bring and also uh, these girls were called in French les filles du roi which means the king's uh, girls or the, the king's daughters so but unfortunately some of those marriages I mean some of these young women that were brought from France were orphans or or abandoned and they were as young as 11 12 13 years old and some unfortunately ended up with men that were violent and and so on and uh, so they're they're souls their tortured souls are still around so one of the stories was about this young woman I believe she murdered her husband because he was so abusive to her and then one of the the audience one of the persons in the group became that girl and so it was just fascinating especially going on the ghost tour. They call it Fantôme de something. Le Fantôme de Montréal. De Montréal. So the, the ghost of Montreal. And Chanel and I did a, a ghost tour in Toronto, and it was the same thing. We learned so much about Toronto that we had no idea. The garbage that they would put into Lake Ontario, the dead animals, and so on and so forth, and different buildings, what they meant, and then the ghosts of whoever is still apparently haunting a certain building in Toronto, Montreal, Kingston. Uh, so these kind of ghost tours, they sound spooky, but you learn a lot. So I would encourage, if you're a bit uh, adventurous and not too frightened easily to go on these ghost tours when you go on a road trip or go to a different city or town or location. So we brought our three three uh, kids, well, 
Brent, his girlfriend, and Jessica and Chanel to Montreal, and we uh, they rented bikes and they we went all over. It was just fun. Another road trip we took our kids was to uh, well Toronto quite a bit, many, times. many many times, especially when our daughters were in the acting business. So we took them there many times, and then. Uh, we would try to do fun things at the same time. We went to Medieval Times, which is a, a horse uh, jousting kind of uh, sport, which is fun to watch. And again, you have actors pretending to be knights from the 16, 1700s uh, on horseback in the middle of an arena on the, near the lakeshore of, of Toronto. And we, of course, we brought them to a lot of zoos the Toronto Zoo and so forth so uh, that was really fun so as we became Mike and I empty nesters uh, we still go on our our road trips we love to explore I, I feel I have the uh, the spirit of my dad in me where it, the curiosity factor is there wanting to learn wanting to go to different places uh, Black history and Indigenous history is really important to me. So uh, I wrote a story called Anaya, which is about black history. Uh, this young girl who comes from the States to come to Oramadonte. That particular story was published twice. I visited with my daughter Chanel a residential school in Spanish Ontario, which is uh, west of Sudbury, uh, where the boys school was burnt down but the girls school is still standing but it's it's in rough shape so again when you go to these kinds of places on road trips you really learn about people life history and one year we were reflecting on what it would be like if Mike had gone to Nashville when he was a young music performer and he always said he missed the train right Mike? It's the train to Nashville or missed the bus actually to, to yeah. Nashville. So that always bothered him and, and me too because I feel like when you want to go to a certain place and, and we've traveled to France, Florida I've been to Jamaica we've been to Cuba uh, Dominican Republic and so on, different Caribbean islands was that I felt it was important to bring my husband to, to get him there to Nashville because that was a, a thing that always bothered him. So one year, well, a couple of years ago, three, four years ago, uh, we were looking at, okay, well, let's go to Nashville. And so I looked at the, the air flight costs, which were ridiculous from Sudbury to Toronto, Toronto to Nashville. And I thought well hmm how far would it take us like how much how, what's the distance between our home in greater Sudbury to the town of Nashville Tennessee it was 16 hours and I have a brother uh, who lives up near past Kenora up in near Falls it's almost 18 hours to drive there if you leave from Sudbury to New Brunswick it's almost 18 hours I used to live in St. John New Brunswick with my ex-husband and I'm thinking, 16 hours, that's nothing. <laughs> I 
And I said to Mike, how would you like to drive to Nashville? And he kind of looked at me. What did you think? <laughs> I wasn't sure if I wanted to go that far. But of course I convinced him. It didn't take much. And we said, okay, let's go to Nashville. So we, we allotted ourselves a budget of what? 1500 $1,500. $1,500. Bucks. That's all we were going to spend. So started packing, told her kids we're going to Nashville, grabbed her passports. That's important, folks. Always keep your passports handy and upgraded and current. So we grabbed our passports and packed our suitcases, made sure we had $1,500 in our bank account. We were going in a way on a shoestring budget which we is were, kind of our lives we were, we were lucky. <laughs> and off we went and it was still to this day out of all the trips well france is still pretty good and cuba was uh Dominican was for us the best road trip ever because those places we flew to but for road trip wise we just got in our little malibu and away we went we weren't like three hours out of the city and something started to rattle in our car so rumble. rumble okay maybe you can explain that Mike well we uh, we left home and uh, about three hours later we we're around Barrie Barrie Ontario and you can hear this kind of rumbling sound front end of the car and I told myself oh no the wheel bearings so I said, okay. Now I knew doggone well if we would have stopped to change the wheel bearings that we were probably would have had to go back home. So <laughs> we, we, uh, we, the way we went to Nashville on the wing and a prayer. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I pray to St. Christopher. I believe he's the saint and St. Joseph to uh, watch over us when we drive. And I have the little medals my mother gave me the little religious medals I have a safety pin and I have these little religious medals uh, pinned to the little visor in front of the driver's seat to watch over us and even though there was a slight rumbling slight at first, <laughs> at first we drove to Nashville we stayed overnight and you know it was so amazing I, I just looked at all these different cities and towns and would Google them and wonder about them, and and uh, we took turns driving and followed our GPS. We had a little Tom Tom or whatever it was. Uh, one kind of scary part was I was following. I was driving and I was following the GPS, and we were in Kentucky, which was really amazing because when you come into the state of Kentucky and then the state of Tennessee. It's like this tropical environment. In the early morning, you see the blue hills of Kentucky, uh, and they're not really blue, but they look blue because of the mist rising from the earth because of the tropical heat. And so we're driving along and then it says, turn left, so I turn left. And then after a little while, we were in the backwoods area and I'm telling you, it was scary because for me, it kept driving us along this road that was a dirt road. The houses 
there, there were people there, it looked like. But it was 10, 11 in the morning. I could see kids' toys outside. No kids were playing. Nobody was outside. It was just the bizarrest thing ever because no one was outside. Yet there were people there and there were trailers and kind of run down old houses and vehicles in the driveway, but it was just weird. And it just, the GPS kept saying, head, head this way, head this way. And I thought, okay, this isn't right. This doesn't feel right. So my intuition, that little feeling you have in your gut that says something isn't right, follow that and trust that. So I was so frustrated at this point that I turned off the GPS, prayed and asked for guidance, turned around and headed the opposite way and then went back on the highway and then I just kept driving south and eventually we saw the signs for for Tennessee and I put the GPS back on to the hotel that we were going to be staying at and we made it through but there were some weird things uh, in that whole area and so you know that's one thing you have to be careful of uh, even in Detroit we were when we were driving through Detroit it there's whole streets that are kind of scary looking and areas that are kind of scary looking only because it just doesn't feel safe and there were detours and the GPS kept wanting to bring us a certain way but again there was another detour and again I was driving and it felt was frustrating so after a while I just turned off the GPS and then I just kept driving and just following my gut and my intuition so you know, you have to be street smart to some degree. You have to make sure you lock your valuables uh, in your vehicle. Uh, always have spare keys. Double, triple check. Don't go into washrooms alone. Like, make sure your spouse is right by the washroom when you go. Uh, check for bed bugs in hotel rooms. Uh, there was one or two hotel rooms that we thought would be they look good but then when we check the mattresses and we do check the mattresses uh, we didn't like what we saw so always do uh, checks and uh, and then you know just try to uh, save money if you can too it doesn't have to be an expensive thing a lot of times when we go on road trips we stop at grocery stores and we buy foods to make sandwiches and fruits and vegetables, water, so that you don't get dehydrated. And so we save money there. Uh, some weird, quirky things. We were in one state, I don't know if it was Ohio or one state, and I asked for a Caesar salad because I love my salads. It was in Ohio, and the waitress had no clue what a Caesar salad is and I thought is that a Canadian thing I know poutine is a Canadian thing but Caesar salad so I was kind of surprised but you know you just kind of that's why it's important to travel to see different things and respect how other people live and uh, how they make a living and different cultures and embrace them with love and kindness and and 
generosity if you can. Uh, one time down in Quebec City, uh, you know, there's, there's in every city you see uh, vulnerable people, homeless people. So we've always taught our children and our and they see by example with us is to to give. So whatever city you're in, if you can, uh, buy someone a cup of coffee if you see someone in need. Or if they're hungry, go buy them a sandwich and feed them. There's nothing worse than being hungry, no matter where you are. So it's in every country uh, that you see sometimes not the best things in life. Even in big, our capital city in, in, in Ottawa, there's uh, areas that aren't the the best areas but the same thing in Sudbury and the same thing in Timmins and whatever city you're at and so uh, try to go with an open mind and look out for when you do travel it's really important to go to museums and, and ask people you know the names of different restaurant restaurants they could recommend or look for those brochures. I'm a big brochure and pamphlet person. So when we go to a, a city uh, or town, we're heading to the Muskoka area right now for a couple of days just to get away. And so uh, wherever we stop at, a gift shop, a touristy uh, information booth, I always pick up all kinds of brochures. Uh, a lot of things what I find, a lot of places that I find to visit that are really cool that you can see now using uh, social media or the internet is top 10 things to do in. So that could be top 10 things to do in Sudbury, Ontario, or top 10 things to do in Huntsville, Ontario, or Toronto, or wherever you are. It's surprising. You just type that in uh, with your search engines and you'll be surprised at the places that they might list that you didn't think. Uh, we like exploring old pioneer villages and so on and so forth. So again, great places to learn about our history. Uh, I love art, so we go to art galleries. I'm a photographer, so I like to see photo ex exhibitions and so on and so forth. And also keep in mind footwear. For example, when you're in, uh, we, we've gone to um, see the scenic caves in Collingwood. So you can't do that kind of tour to see the scenic caves where the first indigenous peoples lived a thousand years ago. You have to wear running shoes or hiking boots. They won't let you go there with just sandals or flip-flops. So you have to be aware and look ahead and do your research when you do travel and pack well. I always have a list that I follow. I made the list from when my son Brent was born 40 some years ago and from toiletries to footwear to uh, clothing to swimsuits and uh, when our twins were born then the list <laughs> doubled with all the baby items that we had to bring but that way you never forget anything uh, one of the things I always made sure to bring was a clock now we don't really need to bring clock alarm clock but uh, was or my medication my thyroid pills and now my blood pressure pills so 
medication is important and it's a good idea when you do travel to keep it in the same prescription uh, jars that you get them because sometimes if you travel well when you travel on, on airplanes you can't you have to bring the, the bottles so uh, read the rules and regulations when you do travel if you're flying somewhere and uh, bring gravel and nausea pills uh, diarrhea pills all these kinds of things because uh, bug spray uh, itching spray whatever you have to kind of think what if what could happen should I have this yes possibly bring it if you can and then bring a good book to read for those moments when you have the downtime and and just try to rest if you can wherever you go but vacation time it's so good to go down on a trip and when my husband and I go anywhere which we we do travel quite a bit we always do a high five and we go road trip so it's sort of like the start of a new adventure for us we always high five and say road trip and we're both smiling and away we go so I hope you didn't mind uh, <laughs> this long chat but I just feel it's so important for people to get away from wherever you are uh, just to learn and or rest and relax uh, party up if you want but it's just important to sometimes get away from the four walls that you might be in, uh, your apartment, your house, and or family time is important because you bring maybe a board game, a Scrabble game, or cards, play Uno, or just regular cards like Go Fish, and just have fun with your family and, and look at each other in, in the eyes and enjoy that. Another thing now with digital, take a lot of pictures and make sure if you're the mom you're in those pictures because years later it'll be just lots with your kids or with the dad but not the mom or vice versa make sure the dad's in the picture my dad was always the one taking pictures uh, or the the he would have the old movie cameras so a lot of times we I have the old film and I transferred it the film to VCR and since then I've transferred the VCR tapes to DVDs and eventually I'll I'll put the DVD recording onto the computer and upload it onto Vimeo or somewhere like that but a lot of times my dad's not in the film in the movie in the family movie because he was taking the film so I always remember as a photographer to give my camera to someone else or now my iPhone and say okay I want to be in the picture and get in the picture with your kids that's super important and and do the selfies and take as many as you want take as many pictures as you want it's digital who cares you could delete the ones you don't like all right have a good day folks try to remember to go on that road trip or get away it's so important for your mental health your physical health and also for families All right, take care. Bye-bye.